Oh, hi there, Kaz. Oh, hi, Ollie. So I've got a question for you. Go for it. What do you think about Rover's recruitment under Joey Barton so far? I think our recruitment has been brilliant. Good. I also think our recruitment's been brilliant, but I think it could have been even better. Oh, how could it possibly be even better? Well, thanks for asking. I think that Rovers should have used Oakfield Recruitment. Wow, what's Oakfield Recruitment? Well, let me tell you. Oakfield provide unparalleled access to candidates and roles throughout the UK. Wow, tell me more. Wow, indeed. They recruit successfully brilliant people for brilliant jobs. Wow, I'm going to use Oakfield Recruitment all the time. I bet Tommy Widrington wishes that he used Oakfield Recruitment. Oh, Tommy definitely should have used Oakfield Recruitment. Okay, so there aren't really footballers on Oakford recruitment, but everything else we said about them is true. And as you guessed, yes, they are the sponsor for this episode. Love you lots, guys. Up the gas. Up the gas. Hello Gasheads and welcome to this episode of Gascast and it is the first one with our brand new shiny, uh, what would you call it, a mixer? Yeah, a new mixer. Yeah. yeah, so I think we talked about this on the pod about three months ago, said how we'd spent the patron money on a new mixer <laughs> and it's been sat in your closet at home. It's sat in my living room just staring at just me. staring at you and uh, we're finally unleashing it tonight so um, yeah, what, what a moment and also what a moment because we're joined by new sign-in. New signing. A new signing for Gascast. I'm, I'm, I'm obviously delighted about it. Delighted to sign for the club, obviously. I know the fans are fantastic, and uh, so that was the big draw, really. Yeah. Um, kind of wish I didn't embarrass myself with a video, but I'll probably live to regret that for, uh, for the next few years. But um, all that being said, I'm, uh, I'm ready to, uh, to podcast. So, okay. uh, yeah, we, we, did, um, we did beat off, off a number of other uh, rival podcasts for your signature, so we're delighted to get that one over the line. And uh, also joining me is an old stager at Gascast. It's uh, it's Mets. Hey up, hello How's mate. It? Yes, it's all good. Um, pre-match, you went for a burger rather than pizza. The fans will be furious at that because Contro- it's, it's very off-brand, very controversial. But yeah. I, I, like I was saying to you, I'm slightly hungover, so yeah. I just got in and I was like, right, I need something like a bit bit filthier than a pizza. So mm. I went for the burger, and it was okay. Okay. All right. So, uh, yeah, we are here yet again, and uh, it's been a while since we've podded. I can't remember the last one we did. feels like a long time ago. But, yeah, a few things have happened since then. So a little bit of admin to go through before we get into the Fleetwood and Peterborough games. So firstly, just want to say massive congrats to Her Game 2, who in the week won the gold at the Football Content Awards in the Best in Women's Football category. Uh, the pip the likes of the BBC, BT Sport and The Guardian to the title. So, yeah, huge well done. Obviously co-founded by one of our own, Kaz and fellow gashead Lucy Ford. So yeah, massive well done to everyone at her game too. Amazing achievement. Um, lastly, just want to sort of publicise, I guess, Operation Christmas Hamper, which is something that's going to be going on at the MEM on Saturday, December the 10th. So that's the day that we play Port Vale at home. Um, and it is a, an initiative that has been started by Charlotte Churchill, who's a, a gasset who listens to the pod as well. So yeah, big up to Charlotte. And she works for a organization called Always Precious, who work with families in crisis. And Charlotte and her team will be at the MEM on Saturday, December the 10th, 
putting together luxury hampers for families who don't have a lot of money to spend on each other at Christmas. So they are asking for any donations or any sort of offers of help to put together the hampers on that day. So if you're interested in doing so, then contact uh, either media at bristolroverscommunity.org.uk or you can message Charlotte directly on Twitter and she is juggling mum 2011 on there. So yeah, amazing initiative and get involved if you would like to. So let's get into the games then and we will do them in chronological order. So we'll start with Fleetwood at home and uh, I'll come to you first, Mets. So before we get into the football itself, just want to start by saying Sean Rooney, what an absolute twat. See, <laughs> I agree, but I do quite like a shit house. So I when he was, like yeah, I do like like a proper horrible someone who gets the crowd going because he did get the crowd going. Like the first couple of times he kicked the ball away yeah. and started giving it large, and then as soon as that happens, people start booing him, and then he scores, and then that was it. He was just he was milking it for all it was worth, like right in front of the platform, giving it massive spuds, just complete pantomime villain which yeah. I, I absolutely I loved it I really did enjoy it you can tell me you didn't want to go on that pitch and lamp him at the oh, end he's have... walking off shushing us and well, he, he had the fans on strings there. Oh, yeah. At the end, he was yeah. really he, he loved it. Chick said he? he was flashing the uh, the V's at the the East Stand yeah, he was. at the end. Oh, yeah. yeah, so I would have loved to knock him out. Like I would just absolutely at the time, but you know, it's time heals all wounds. I guess I don't know. <laughs> we don't condone <laughs> violence on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> He's been rent free in my head ever since. So like, fair although, play. To although, him. did did you see that? Um, they, but when Bolton scored in the last oh. minute against Fleetwood, one of their players went right up to him and was like, like you know, like proper goaded him. It was, yes. It was Have you not seen it? it, it no, was, no. It was, oh. it was beautiful. It was yeah, great. so when Bolton, because Fleetwood won, won the lap against Bolton at home, then Bolton scored two late goals. Their winner was in the 95th minute, I think. Ooh. And Bolton's player, I think Thomason, you can see him as they're all running towards the away end celebrate with the Bolton fans. He goes up to Rooney and like screams in his face. <laughs> so I'm guessing Rooney was... Shit house yeah. in that game yeah. as well. Yeah, but he definitely got it back. So yeah, loved it. Um, I mean, you're Willett. You're a very mild mannered man. I would say it takes a lot to to rile you up. But where were you on the the Rooney scale from one to ten? Of well, to be honest, I mean, I, I would normally like in the past. I've, I've normally stood on the Thatcher's end. I've probably been on the Thatcher's end for about fifteen years. But these days, I'm on the the East Terrace, and we're a little bit more. A little bit more calm over there. It's a bit, a bit of a different vibe. So the fact he wasn't really directing his angst towards me, I, I kind of felt a little bit more like, oh, what's going on over there? Um, but it looked to me like, I mean, the referee could have probably put a stop to it by just booking him early, but but didn't. So he, would, he was just like, well, all right, I've got a free reign to do what I want. But kind of, kind of like you, met. So I, I kind of, there's a part of me that sort of likes that in a play yeah. a little bit. I, we'd love it if like Finley was giving it the big into you know to the opposition. Yeah, I think. True. Yeah. And actually, on the ref, he, they were time wasting from like the very. F- they came for a draw. They got it. Like, they didn't deserve it but they were time wasting right from the very first minute and the referee gave so many he warned like three or four of their players mm. don't time waste don't I was like just book one yeah. of them mm. and they'll stop but oh it's inf- it, that it, really wound me it up it didn't really see it doesn't really ever seem fair when you got the, the, the team that was wasting the majority of the time throughout the match ends up gaining from that in the very last kick of the game it feels a bit you know it, it yeah. doesn't really feel yeah. right but you know it, yeah, it is yeah. what it is you know Sorry, I have. Um, oh, is that golf for Belgium? It is. Golf is. For Belgium. Sorry, we are podding during Belgium Canada. We got that on, so yeah, we're uh, we'll give you live updates on that, which will obviously be massively out of date by the time you listen to that. <laughs> and also, 
Rovers are playing Rovers away are at Colchester. Playing. Still nil-nil, guys. Still nil-nil. Yeah. Yeah, still nil-nil, everyone. So um, we'll, we'll keep your date on that as well. Um, lovely then. So I think I've massively derailed us by doing a little Rooney roast at the start. But let's sort of go through the game. Mets, first half, a bit of a snooze fest, to be fair. Um, I wouldn't say there was sort of many chances for either side massively. Obviously, Rooney, I have to admit, took his goal very well, I thought, to put them 1-0 up. And like you said, it felt like Fleetwood came with the intention from the very first minute of just slowing the game down and killing it. I, I guess not a lot to talk about in the first half, but I mainly want to chat about from halftime onwards because at halftime, we went to a back three. So started the game with a back four, went to a back three, bought on Connolly for Gibbons, pushed Sinclair to right wing back, Gordon went to left wing back, and then we had the two up top, Collins and, and uh, Coburn, and the performance massively changed from then on, didn't well, it? Yeah, it transformed us, really, because... That first half, we went back or sideways so much. Like every time someone got their head up and looked for anything, there was nothing going on. So it's just kind of keep ball around the defense. And then, yeah, Connolly comes on and it goes to show what a miss he is because he did exactly the same when he came on at Derby, changed the game for us. Or, I mean, the game was already gone at that point, but like just his presence is, you know, just everything about him is just class. I, he's one of my faves now. But it just, and also I think maybe Joey gave him a rock out of their ass because we came out of that second half and I was like, right, if we get the next goal, we go on and win this. I said that to Duke at half time actually. I was like, convinced, we get that first goal, we're winning this because they are there for the taking. Mm. They didn't really do a lot in that first half. So I was thinking, right, just, just a goal will do it. And actually, like, even when it got into injury time, I was like, they're not going to, this is like sewn up. So yeah, the back three seems to suit us a lot more because. Sinclair at right wing back is a bit of an unusual role for someone who's should be like right up in their box, but mm. it seems to be working. And we just look, it's obviously he wants to play three at the back, but he wants three ball players. You couldn't stick like Alfie in there, we were talking before. Like you have to have three composed um, yeah, ball playing centre backs to play three at the back the way we want to. And those are the three, I think, that bar an injury or suspension and that I think that'll be us to the end of the season with those three mm. I can't see him switching it now yeah I mean Mike what did you sort of think of the change because like Met said really first half there just wasn't any passing options like we would get the ball and everyone would be marked and it was going sideways and there was no sort of penetration to any of our play and I noticed as soon as we went to a back three Sinclair playing right wing back was obviously an unusual position for him but he suddenly seemed to have loads of space down that right wing and we were always getting the ball out to him and it just just transformed us didn't it yeah i think i seem to recall joey barton saying a while ago that eventually we'll probably look to play a back three and he's just waiting for like injuries or signings or you know to kind of come through and then we can start playing it and it it does feel like they must be working on this a lot because they do look so much more comfortable in that in, in that way and i think like you mentioned you know Connolly is a massive improvement and he's a player that you know again i I, I love, I just think he's, he doesn't look like a centre-half. He kind of reminds me a little bit of like Tom Lockyer in the sense you, you look at him and think, you have, I always looked at Lockyer and thought, how does he do it? He doesn't, he's not big and strong. A little bit like Tony Craig as well, like not, doesn't have that big mm. stature, but is able to just time his header so well. He's so aggressive, he, you know, he, he, doesn't, he just doesn't budge. And I think, you know, now that we've got those three centre-halves, you know, let me, you know, Thomas and, and Gibson are, are fantastic. I mean, I, I, the only concern is any injuries to, to the squad, certainly any injuries or suspensions to that back three, we, we are kind of back to maybe going back to a back four. Mm. And then we don't quite look as comfortable, but it's good that we know we've got a, a formation that, that does work. It's just that depth, I think, that's going to may, maybe hold us back a little bit. 
Yeah, I think with Connolly, the difference he makes for me is he's so composed on the ball, so calm. Um, I remember when he came on at Derby, like you said, the game was gone at that point, but he came on and just instantly seems to settle everyone down. I mean, I think he's only, what is he, 19, 20, something like that? He's not yeah. very old, is he? But he's just so, he never flustered. He can get it under pressure and he can just turn away from it and play. And like you said, I think with the back three, obviously we did try it earlier in the season. But it was like Whelan, Gordon, Kilgore back three. Uh, who, who shocked that that failed miserably? No one. But yeah, now with Connolly, Thomas and Gibson, they are three quite comfortable. And there were times in the second half where Fleetwood was sat quite deep, but we'd give it to Gibson or Connolly and they'd just run into the midfield with it, wait to be closed down and then pop it off. And then suddenly you've sucked someone out of position and you're kind of in at them um, whereas when it was back to you know Kilgore Wheel and Gordon none of them really wanted to be playing in the back three none of them would bring the ball out and it was all very stodgy but there, it seems very fluid now with this um, like Mike says any injuries we are probably scrambling around a little bit but yeah just um, promising signs I think moving forward so let's talk about the main man really of this game I would say so Aaron Collins um haven't talked about him loads, to be fair. Considering the start of the season he's had, I think he's been absolutely brilliant. Um, we've not really focused on him. We've had done little sort of segments on Loft and Marquis at the start of the season, but not really focused on Collins. Um, Mets, I mean, just thoughts on Collins in this game, but also just his start of the season in general as well. I mean, yeah, we, we've said it before. He's, he's made the step up, like, unbelievably. He's just gone from strength to strength. Um, and I think the things I've been impressed with him this season especially is... His directness, running at people, and he's he's got this knack of just showing a little bit of the ball to the defender. They dive in, and he just kind of nicks it away from them. And he's he, gone. And he's gone, and he, he is quick, and he just glides. And yeah. he can strike with both feet, as we know, and he can head as well. But I've been really, really impressed with his um, like partnership now with Coburn. It seems like as soon as um, Collins is going down the wing or just like making a run, Coburn's like, well, I'll just go to the six-yard box, and he's going to find me. And inevitably he has like, I think he's assisted every every single goal that Coburn's got has he? I think that's it's a, every single one I think there's a um, I think it might be the Sheffield Wednesday goal where he did a step over like just fake that one yeah. but I'm going to count that one yeah yeah mm. he can have that yeah yeah, yeah yeah definitely and also it goes without saying how much he fucking loves being here and yeah. you can see it's all over his face he absolutely he's loving his football and we all love to see someone absolutely loving their job I mean, he, so, yeah, he, and he seems like a lovely kid as well yeah I mean he, he tends to get it like I think they were interviewing him it might have been might have been the Fleetwood game he sort of said like I just knew once we'd scored in front of the Thatcher's end that we were going to start going, like the fans are up and he's like come on and they, the way he was talking about it was like he just he just gets that like maybe more than other players might understand is that he just yeah. knows that as we all do from experience there is something about shooting into that stand that just, mm. just gives us that bit of an edge and he, he gets that yeah. But yeah, I agree with you. I think if I really wanted him to go to the World Cup for him personally, but for us, it would have been an absolute disaster. Yeah. I think he is our match winner. Um, you think in this game, this Fleetwood game, we started the second half well, but we hadn't really created much until he picks up the ball, I think around the halfway line and just drives at them, runs down the wing, puts an amazing ball across into Coburn, who obviously hits it in. And then, I mean, the header he scored, oh, the Finley yeah, cross beautiful. was amazing, but the header, it's yeah. like Alan Shearer in his prime rising. Yeah. He's a little spindly sort of attacking number 10 and the header was just <laughs> yeah, unreal, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, just a proper like back across goal, looped over and yeah. like where I was sat in, like in the East Stand, it was just like perfect. I was right behind it. So it's just, you, as soon as it left his head, you're like, 
goal. Because it, it, it was it was as well. It was a surprise. I, I'm just watching the ball come over, thinking, oh, he's going to have to really get up and somehow get his head behind this. And for him to like head it down like he did, just absolutely fantastic header. Brilliant. Yeah. Great yeah, goal. It was unbelievable. I, I'm going to throw this out there. I think since I started following Rovers, he's probably top three all-round strikers in my time, I would say. I would say Lambert's obviously up there. Matty Taylor, I'd say, was, hate to say it, better goal scorer than him. Certainly up to this stage in Colin's career, he does miss some good chances. Taylor obviously was absolutely lethal. But in terms of as an all-round player, Collins, I think, can do literally everything. Yeah, he's, the amount of assists he's got this season... Unreal. Is and he top in League One for combined goals combined, and assists? Yeah. Is he he still? Is, yeah. 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 And he's right up there for just goals on its own as well. It it's this all round game that like brings so much because mm. you think, how is he gonna play with like someone like Coburn who's quite similar, quite like quick. Coburn's not really a threat in the air, despite yeah. being massive. It's it's bizarre. But you kind of think, Oh, are they gonna get in each other's way? But Collins, if he's not through the centre he'll quite happily go out on the wing and just play provider yeah. so yeah I think you are right like overall right out, I can't think of now I'm trying to wrap my brains of like other strikers have <laughs> been like that and I, yeah I'm struggling yeah. not Tom Nichols he doesn't rival uh... <laughs> probably top two for me Nick, yeah, okay, Nichols okay. and Collins yeah, yeah definitely um, Will it would you say the one thing with him and we've seen this in recent weeks I would say is for me he's a much better finisher when he's got no time to think about it really yeah. Uh, he he's one of those players who scores the chances you almost don't expect him to and the ones you do like the one-on-ones he's missed a few one-on-ones recently he doesn't always tend to score them you, I mean he's quite it's finished it's, it's, it seems harsh to pick any negatives in yeah. his game at all but if there is one his finishing in times like that isn't the best is it yeah you know, I, I agree I mean there were times I mean there were early in the season when, when we weren't really at our best there were times where he was taking it around the keeper and, and yeah. slotting it in but he does almost in the, in the last few games that he's played it appears as though once he's presented with a chance where he has to you know maybe try and fool the goalkeeper or, or pick a spot he maybe just overthinks it but it is uh, you know to be fair you know let, let's, uh, let's let him off um, he's been been incredible he, 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 on another point he's probably going to be hard to keep hold of I would say in January that is my next point on the agenda okay. yeah, yeah. yeah could I so, could I before we move on yeah. to that could I add one more negative <laughs> he goes down way too easy oh yeah, yeah and it's, yeah, it's yeah. really really frustrating because there are yeah. times when I genuinely think he has been fouled but I don't know if he has got a reputation with the refs it or feels what. like he has now yeah, yeah. but yeah. there's a lot of times where just like the slightest he just feels like the defender's breath on the back of his neck and he's like right yeah. Down I go. Off I go. Yeah. <laughs> and I think referees... <laughs> Man down. <laughs> I think referees are also... I think they're told to, like, don't keep giving free kicks. Like, you know, try and you know, try and let the game flow. And I think if you are... If you look like you're trying to buy a penalty, then you're just not going to get it, I think. And mm. unfortunately for him, he, he always looks like he's going down before there's any contact being yeah. made. So And he has been booked a couple of times yeah, as well, which yeah. you don't see... Like, but yeah. I, I can count on, like, one hand the amount of yellow cards I've seen for diving in our league. Yeah. And, like, all, almost all of them are Collins. <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. I was... um. I'm not going to move on to the Peterborough game yet, but just sort of throwing it forward to that slightly. When JCH obviously came on for them off the bench in that game, we both said JCH used to dive a lot, but he was very good at diving. Like, yeah, he was actually yeah. really good at it, made yeah. it look really realistic. He used to win a hell of a lot of cheap free oh, kicks yeah. around the edge of the box. Whereas Collins, 
they probably dive the same amount, but Collins is just terrible at it. Like he just can't yeah. he can't dive. <laughs> yeah. He needs to work on it in training. If he's gonna keep it up, he needs to actually improve his diving. Because at the moment he's gonna end up getting sent off in a game because he's gonna yeah. get two yellows for a dives and yeah, just a nightmare. So moving on to the point then that Willett sort of threw to earlier. I'll come back to you, Willett, on All that right. one. Uh January. Any any fears for you that we're going to receive a bid for Collins and sort of struggle to keep hold of him? The the only thing for me is it's not that um, I mean you could say well he signed a contract in the summer but at some point um, I've referenced it in a previous pod that I, I do feel like we're we've invested a, quite a bit of money in the squad and the infrastructure the staff that we've got and at some point they're probably going to need to get somebody out the door in order to you know keep that investment coming and we haven't really had a big sale for a while and it feels like it just feels like he's he's the guy right now sadly evans hasn't quite lived up to the billing just yet um but collins will be a player that that teams will want and it may be now that the club decide you know what if we if we're gonna you know start to capitalize on his uh, at his peak um, maybe now is the time to do it. I don't want that to happen, but it, it just feels like there's a high chance that we might even be open to it. You know, if if, a, mm. if an offer comes in, we'll probably be considering it. I reckon, but you know, hope not. But like you said, we're like tied him down. You know, we're in probably the strongest position we've ever been with a player that is you know hot shit. So. Yeah, for once we wouldn't be held over a barrel because yeah, they've got exactly. six months left on their contract. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. I mean, I, I think you look at him, his career is only going one way. Like, he's definitely going to end up in the championship. Whether that's with us, fingers crossed, or not, he's going to end up there. The best thing that probably happened for us was him having a shocker away at Sheffield Wednesday oh, on yeah. Sky in that yeah, midweek yeah. game. Yeah. So that was probably his poorest game of the season probably so far. Probably took a zero off of his... Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he's been absolutely fantastic so far this season. So long may it continue. Um, so sticking with the Fleetwood game then. Let's uh, let's chat about the sort of ending to it, if we must. And I mean, Mets. I just thought the way that we played. Obviously, there were seven minutes added on. The first thing we did as soon as the seven minutes went up, someone got the ball and went straight to the corner with it. I can't remember who it was. I don't know about you, but I was just like, it's too early to do that. It's way too early. Like, if you think about the first seven minutes of game from minute zero to seven, it's quite a long time. Mm. And to try and kill that, I just think. You've got to go for the third and try and kill that off, haven't you? I found it so annoying. You'd gone. You would go for the third goal. Yeah, a hundred percent. With seven minutes left, I don't think you can rely on killing that. It's really difficult, isn't it? Because if that, if that was like the eighty-third minute, you're like, right, seven minutes left. We'll just kind of like just see how we go. But when it's seven minutes of injury time, you're like, it almost feels different. different yeah, psychology. It, it does yeah, feel yeah, different. Yeah, 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 right. yeah. You don't want to like let it slip out your grasp in injury time no matter how long it is it's, it's an, a really odd one go into the because in the Peterborough game uh, Scott Sinclair went into the corner a couple oh, of times like brilliant. quite early and, yeah. he, and it ran the clock down and I was like do you know what that's exactly what we needed but in this game it just didn't did not work for us at all I think the thing that annoyed me is that I can't remember who it was like I said but he went to the corner but there was actually two Rovers men like bursting into the box at the time yeah. and there was a fairly easy cross to play in where it looked like if the ball was right it would have been a tap in to get the third uh, so yeah I get it Go, I get going to the corner like you said Sinclair did amazingly but it just really frustrated me I guess it's always going to when it ends how it does with like the last kick of the game but it's just yeah, yeah annoyed well, me well, so much what was the goal time 90-10 mm-hmm. 
yeah, ninety plus, 10. plus nine or ninety plus yeah, ten. Yeah. yeah, like where on earth? I don't understand where all the injury time came from in the first place. But then the added on of the added on, I was yeah. like. It should never have happened. I didn't think the ref was up so much. I, I, he got a lot of stick. A yeah. lot of stick. Yeah. And I think rightfully so. I don't I yeah. think he was very good. Yeah. But in those situations, you do, you really have to say switched on right to the very mm. end. And it's something that generally under Joe, we've been quite good at of like, you know, the amount of times we've scored late, late goals against other teams because mm. we're, we're training for a 100 minute game kind of thing. But the way that that goal happened, because it was, there was a foul on the halfway line, which was a good foul. And I thought, right, because they were kind of breaking, and I thought, right, that's it. And their keeper chucked out to the their left-hand side, and there was just a bloke completely on his own. Mm. Yeah. No one closed him down, picks his cross, and that. It was uh, Luca, wasn't it? I think Luca sort of went out yeah. to try and clear, and he's just been sold a dummy. He just, yeah. you know, and it wasn't even like a great bit of skill. He's just like, all right, I'll get it on my right foot. Yeah. And Luca's like gone to the shops, and it's just <laughs> yeah. an easy cross in. And well, I felt for Luca really. He's had a difficult few weeks, but um, and I, I, you know, I, I'm a lot of people kind of going in on Luca a little bit and I, I you know I'm going to stick with him because I think that's that's what we should do with our young young lads but um yeah that was a bad moment for him there <laughs> yeah I mean Willett how what were your thoughts on the ref because there was a load of stick given to him after the game he's apparently a big Celtic fan uh, and obviously given Scott Brown was a like Celtic legend recently <laughs> retired Joey played for Rangers there was a lot of conspiracies going on yeah. saying he's going to be opening Celtic pyjamas on Christmas Day Bobby Madden all this sort of stuff <laughs> I, what did you think of the ref were you amongst I mean, those fuming at him or he was I mean I, I would say I don't think he ha- I don't think he um, influenced the result as much as maybe people think I mean I think he got generally most of the calls right like mainly, mainly the big ones, like the, the Collins, the Collins penalty shout was one I actually thought that could be a penalty. That, but be, because it's Collins, immediately I'm doubting whether it was. And there were a couple of times, like I think Marquis got kind of fouled on the edge of, right before that the ball went at the mm. pitch, and I yeah. thought to me it looked like Marquis was just trying his best to win a free kick. Again, that that com- coming back to that, you're making it look like you're buying a free kick when referees aren't really buying that anymore. I don't think he was very good, mind the referee. I'm not, I'm not certainly not backing him up. But I, I just feel, and even even the seven minutes added on time, we, we are seeing quite a lot of minutes added on generally. Like even in the first half, we're seeing like three, four minutes where normally that wouldn't be the case. Well, you think like in the World Cup at the yeah. moment, the amount of added time we're getting at yeah. the start, at the end of every half, first and second, is just mm. mad. It, it's it, obviously a way it's going to go yeah. now. Isn't it? And it does feel like there's a bit of a directive that that's you know you you add on any time wasting and because there's seven minutes of added time you can probably find another couple of minutes somewhere <laughs> because we're in that mode of trying to run the clock down and wasting time and marcus that seemed to be all his all he was doing was like getting in the faces of players and stuff i i just don't think it all comes back down so we just didn't manage the game out properly and as bad as the referee was i i don't think he was critical to the result in the end yeah and Mets let's be honest as well second half Rovers missed quite a few chances to kill that off you think there's the Gibson double where he hits the first one straight at the keeper rebounds to him smashes it over the bar I think Collins misses quite a good chance at one point there's the Rossiter header which flicks just wide of the post I mean we had chances to kill that off didn't we oh yeah enough chances you know you got a, when you've got a team and you're on top of them like that and you have chance after chance after chance you've got to take you've got to take them and because otherwise you're at risk of they'll pop up in you know the the goal they scored but it could have been like a fluke or anything like that if you've got like a one goal lead and you've been so dominant because at the end I was walking out the ground thinking we'd lost it like it felt yeah, like a loss like, so yeah. it took me a minute to be like oh, actually no we drew that game we got a point and I was like 
but it doesn't it doesn't feel <laughs> no. good it feels horrible felt yeah. dirty didn't it yeah. yeah yeah really horrible yeah oh yeah not good right let's move on to a game that we all enjoyed a lot more i'm imagining which was obviously posh at home on Saturday. Um, so Rovers went into it with, I'm pretty sure everyone knows, a pretty terrible record against them. I don't think we'd won in about 15 or 16 last meetings against them. Um, I mean, will it again, another pretty quiet first 45, sort of a bit of a theme, really, especially at the Mem. The first yeah. half seemed to be a bit of a, not a it, snooze fest, but quite quiet. I thought Rovers were the better side, but it just, yeah, it was a bit of a non-event, wasn't it, really? Yeah, I, th- I think we we certainly started, I think, the, the, the great thing about the game was that we didn't really let Peterborough in much at all. And actually, probably the first 10 minutes, you'd say that they were starting to, they looked like they were, they were going to be the team trying to force the, force the chances. But eventually, like just as, as time went on throughout the first half, we were starting to get more and more of a foothold in the game. And actually, coming off at half time, I thought, well, what a better side here. And, yeah. and knowing, no, with that psychological, we're shooting into the Thatcher's end. We normally better in the second half. I, I, I felt really confident we were going to go on to, go on to win it. And it was just, a, uh, I, I thought it was probably the performance of the season, I'd say. Um, against a really good side. We, we didn't, they didn't look a good side. And I think that's largely down to how we played. And I mean, you couldn't really fault anybody and that's, that's rare this season. And normally you, you'd pick a weak link possibly, but I thought, throughout the team is just absolutely fantastic so brilliant yeah I mean obviously we started this one with the back three that we finished against Fleetwood with and I thought there was a couple of moments in the first 10 minutes or so where they got down the sides of the back three quite easily I think the wing backs got caught a bit high up the pitch uh, but after that I mean from sort of 15th 20th minute onwards for the rest of the game really we restricted them really well didn't we yeah the times when they got in down the sides I think it was mostly where Scott Sinclair playing wing back but isn't really a wing back yeah. they were obviously targeting that and like the switch ball from Madison was always on and they were always looking to their left to try and get in kind of where the space was but even the couple of times they did get in there we kind of ushered them out quite yeah. well so there was a threat there but I thought um, for Peterborough especially I, I just kind of felt like they played some really nice football but then that like the thing we always say about Rovers is like that final ball, that kind of like killer ball, it just never came off. And you could see how they were set up for a f- like a real focal striker, a JCH, but without him in the side, they didn't really have a clue. So yeah, halftime, like second half, I thought we'd, like Willis said, I thought we were absolutely excellent. Like yeah. really some of the real best football I've seen Rovers play like this season I think I, I agree with you I think it probably was our best performance of the season mm. and I was especially because Scott Sinclair was obviously on the right so he's closer to my um, stand in the second half and just watching him up close I because I was quite sober actually for the game <laughs> for a change so I was like watching him like quite closely and I was like do you know what I was a bit worried when he came in that he'd be like you know we've been through the journeyman and you know that they're just slow and old and rubbish but like he's absolutely rapid yeah. the ball sticks to him like his feet beyond belief and like the experience like we were saying in injury time going into the corner rather than you know going for goal when he could have easily and then obviously he popped up with the goal which again another amazing bit of play and you're just like do you know what he's got a lot a lot to bring still at how old is 35? he 35 yeah I mean what I was going to say I wanted to move on to Sinclair but for a 35-year-old to play wing-back, which has got to be probably the most energetic position on the pitch because you're <laughs> up and down that wing on your own all game, 
and he played, I think, the full 90 minutes. Did he come off in extra time, maybe? I don't he think definitely he played the full 90, if he not was the definitely full holding, game. He was, in the, he was definitely holding the ball in the corner and stoppage side. Yeah. So I don't think he, so I think he played the whole game. He yeah. played the majority of the yeah. full game, at least. And I just thought his all-round performance, he was brilliant, wasn't he? I mean, yeah. obviously, he scored the winner against um, Rochdale in the FA Cup. That was quite a nice moment yeah, in front of yeah. the Thatchers, but... Obviously, to get the winner in this game in front of a you know, packed-out mem against a good side in the league, it was just a, it was a like Matt said, brilliant goal and just an amazing moment, wasn't it? Yeah, fant- fantastic. He's you know he's on fire at the moment, really, and he's, and he's really you can tell he's got that experience. And a few times you just notice just the way he kind of speaks to some of the younger players. You can tell like you know just you, you I think he was directing like the defense at one point, saying like just just keep it at the back. Just don't feel like you got to just thump it forward if you run out. You know, just keep the ball. And I think that you know, sometimes you need an experienced player to just let the others know like. You've got to stay, stick on plan here. You can't just start doing your own thing. It's, it's a team thing. So, mm. no, I think he's. I think he's been really, really valuable to us. And yeah, long may that continue. So. Question from George Clements then, which um, we had a little chat about before recording. So, if we're going to stick with this three at the back, which I think probably is Joey's preferred formation now, as long as the back three stay fit, do you th- can you see sort of Sinclair being the long term solution there? Uh, yeah, for me, he is. Yeah, it gives us more. Like, because you've got Gordon on the left, he's a bit more of a, although he's stay a wing at home back, yeah, type. Stay at wing home back, type. Yeah. So you kind of get one wing where we're going full ang. You know, Sinclair. I I don't think I've seen him make a tackle or even be in his own half most of the time, which I'm absolutely overjoyed with. I don't want to see him making tackles. I want to see him flying at defenders. So, yeah, I think as long as you know you've not got both uh, wing backs flying on and leaving us exposed, I think yeah, having that more attacking option is really. Yeah, really exciting. It was interesting, actually, because I looked at... Um, there's a, an app I use where it shows you the average player positions throughout the game. It's a bit nerdy, but yeah. <laughs> and um, for Gordon, his average position was obviously on the left, but not that far ahead of the back three. So a little bit up, but not massively. Still sort of within our own half. And for Sinclair on the other side, it was like pretty much in line with Collins and Coburn. Yeah. Natural position. Yeah. So even though he was playing as a wing back, he was pretty much playing the most of the game yeah. as a right winger. So it, it was kind of still a back four in a way. So yeah, it's just a really interesting tactical thing. We were a bit lopsided in it, but I think it could work quite well. Um, let's move on to the strike pair then. Collins and Coburn. Obviously, we talked about Collins quite a lot when we were chatting about Fleetwood. So let's chat about the, uh, what do they call him? The Teesside Harland, I think, isn't it? Um <laughs> Coburn, I mean, he's had a few good performances since he came in, but I just thought he was an absolute beast in this game. I, I, for me, he was he was man of the match. For me, I thought he was absolutely fantastic. I mean, in the games previous, he, he's clearly somebody you can you can bank on to score chances. You know, with the likes of Collins putting chances on plates for 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 him and others, you you can bank on him to score, but. His all-round play was on Saturday, you know, against Peterborough was absolutely fantastic. I mean, that 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 um, the red card that they ended up getting was all down oh, to him. That, that control turn, he get he gets wrestled, but he, he just he rides that, and then he, he goes past the last man, gets taken down off. I was just like, that is absolutely. I also I also had a bet on for there to be a red card in the game, and when the referee was pausing, I was like, there's no way he's given a booking. <laughs> Come on, I, I'd have been genuinely few. I'd have been the only guy in the East stand actually absolutely fuming because um, that never happened. How much but, did that um, get you in? Uh, uh, 20 quid it was, a, oh, it was a free bet it was a five oh, okay. yeah, so I was like oh, yeah fantastic so, yeah, yeah, uh, nice. I, I mean I was happy for other reasons for the football reasons but um, <laughs> but no I, I thought he was it was it was a 
almost perfect performance from him in the end and, and show, showed signs to his game that we haven't really seen before. Like he was pressing, he was winning headers, he was laying things off. The sort of things that maybe, and he's only 19, so he's got a lot to learn, but it's sort of things that maybe we hadn't seen quite as well yet. And he just, he just brought it all together on that day. I thought he was brilliant. Yeah. I just thought he was such an amazing out ball for the team and like platform for us to play off. We could just hit him and he's just so big and strong and his touch was good. I just thought they couldn't handle him really. And what I really like about him as well is I think back to last season. I think we said it on a few pods last season where we didn't have anyone really who was scoring like the scrappy goals mm. until Collins sort of started doing it towards the second half of the season. There wasn't really anyone just in the six yard box getting the tap-ins, but he's just that sort of striker who, as well as being the target man, linking the play, he's just always in there, isn't he? Whenever there's a cross coming in, he's in the man in the box tapping it in. He's just got that instinct. He knows if he makes the runs, especially with Collins, like putting the balls in, he knows if when Collins gets the ball, I run six yard box it's going to come and I'm going to smash it in because he, he hasn't missed any like big chances like that. No, I think so. But he hasn't really, I don't think he's had a shot from outside the box yet. No. He's always no. in the box, like usually within the width of the post as well. He's like a full-on poacher. It's brilliant. Um, so question from Terrace Paul then, will it? And he says, after how well Collins and Coburn have been playing together, how does Lofty get back in the side? Well, I mean, he's still got a role to play because, you know, we can't just go through the season with two uh, two centre forwards like that, and and Loft, you know, I, he's always he's been a player I've I've often felt the jury is still out on Loft, but I I appreciate what he's been like this season. The, the the improvement that we've seen in him since last season is fantastic. He's come in looking a lot fitter, and and he's clearly got a, a, a very defined role of you know. But, but for me, his role is more come in like create a bit of havoc, you know, be a bruiser, go through their centre-halves, you know, just d- d- don't give them any time. And that's, that's absolutely fine. And that, that has its place. But Coburn, for me, just feels a little bit, after Saturday anyway, just feels a little bit more of a cleaner, He's a bit round, more polished. Yeah, a bit Lofty, more polished, exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and that's not to dismiss Lofty's role in the team at all. No. Um, and hopefully he comes back. I think he's playing tonight, actually. Um, but it's just, you know, Let's just hope he keeps his form up, and he's still going to have a role to play. And and yeah, you can't you can't just go through the season with the same eleven. So yeah, I've got got no concerns about that really. Yeah, I am um, I'm quite into Liverpool as well. Like they were sort of my childhood team in a way, alongside Rovers and um, Darwin Nunes, their striker they signed in the summer. One of the uh, people on their forum described him because he came off the bench for them in a recent game, and they described him as like releasing a wild horse into a crowded pub. <laughs> like, he comes on and it's just limbs everywhere, and it's chaos, and like, everything's going on. And I kind of think that Loft can be a similar sort of player. I thought for you us. were going like, to make if, that comparison. If Collins and Coburn is going to be the sort of strike force for us, Loft is just an amazing like Plan B wild card to have off the bench, and he just chuck him on and let him just yeah just run into the pub and go all over the place, just you know? smash everything. Just up. smash it all up. Yeah, one thing like last season, especially because he did look like a headless chicken. You're like the amount of times he just run the ball out of play. Like you've just forgotten to keep looking at the telly when you're playing FIFA, and the player just runs straight off. Like this season, you can tell over the summer he's been worked on, and his touch is so much better. His awareness, link up, everything. He's like twice the player he was at the end of last season. And yeah, like you said, it's a squad game and he has got a massive part to play this season. I hope he does get a lot more 
lot more minutes because I, I love watching him play. I really do. Yeah. So sticking on the theme of doubts, I mean, we have talked about this man a few times in recent weeks, but I just got to talk about him again. Talk about him as a pair, actually. Uh, Mets, Finley and Rossiter. Centre midfield pairing. Obviously, Coots has been out. You're smiling. You, oh, I'm chuffed. You love them. I love them. This is why I directed this one at you. Yeah. Um, obviously, Coots has been out the last few weeks. I've got to be honest, when he went down and, and he was injured and out for a few weeks, I was a little bit fearful about the midfield. I thought Rossiter wasn't in that good form at that point. I was like, how are we really going to cope in the middle? Finley and Rossiter, pretty much since Coots went out, I just think as a pairing, have been absolutely amazing. And in this game as well, just I just thought they were superb. Yeah. Uh, I mean, as a pair, you kind of think they're not really going to work because they're both niggly little scousers who just kick everyone, <laughs> moan at the ref. Both like five yeah. foot nothing. Yeah, exactly. But like Finley's obviously a bit more creative, a bit more forward thinking. Rossiter is just a, a general. He looks like a psycho. You wouldn't want to spill his pint in the pub. because He's the he, embodiment of you on the oh, pitch. I love it. You love him. Tucked in shirt, black boots. Oh, skinhead. It's everything I, I ever wanted to be as a footballer. I just I love him I love him the best and he will stick his foot in and also I've noticed a lot of the time if someone's going around on their team kicking our players it's only a matter of time before he goes and absolutely clatters them he's the enforcer who goes to get the revenge oh yeah and you can imagine he's like that like in the even at training I imagine he goes through people um but on on Finley Joey compared him to uh, Gascoigne in the week and you're thinking that might be a bit much but He's got so much creativity. The ball he put in for Collins' goal against Fleetwood, like that, can, he's got that in his locker. And a lot of the time, he will try a Hollywood pass, and it might not come off. But you know, if it comes off once every ten times, like it's a it's a sitter for someone. Plus, he can get involved and like proper like snap people, which I I love it. I just those two as a pair, I just feel like with Rossiter, he's so much more mobile than Kuzma. I, I like. I, you know, I slowly came around to Coots last season, but he does like to sit real deep, like really deep. He wants to kind of almost... He almost plays as a quarterback, doesn't he? And yeah. sits deep and pings the long ball. Exactly, yeah. And it just kind of, I feel like it always slows us down, whereas Rossiter is quite happy just to never touch the ball, but just kick every single one of their players, <laughs> which is perfect. Disrupt the play. Just If I've got the ball, I'll give it to someone who's better than me. Boom, perfect. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to give Mets that platform, but I'll also <laughs> no, come no, to you. No, I, was like, I, you know, um, I just put, put my microphone down. I was like, I'm going to let you carry on. Um, I think he's terrible. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> no, I, I think there's also a bit of a lesson, really, for the for the fans. Because, you know, I was I was pretty down on on Rossiter initially. thinking 90 minutes, you know, I wrote him off. Yeah, One preseason I, friendly, he was terrible. I was yeah, like, why have we signed him? And really, we got we got to be a bit more... we got to give these players a bit more time, I think. I mean, like, Coots last season... Is a great example. He's kind of that direct comparison, a similar type of player, got a lot of stick in early doors. And I, I kind of, I, I generally always give players the time. I do, and I do feel like, I mean, it's paid off for Rossiter. He's clearly, he's clearly fit now as well. I don't think he was fit early doors. Yeah. But I just, you know, I wish the fans had a little bit more patience, but pro- probably even like the other way, sometimes we can overrate players all too very soon. Like one great game and suddenly they're like, you know, that's it. They're, 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 you know, but, but I do feel that yeah, we just need to be a bit more patient, be a bit more pragmatic either way. Um, but he's been fantastic. And I I love Sam Finley. I think he's just, he's such a character as well on the pitch. I mean, there was a, there was a moment against uh, Peterborough. I can't remember what the player was, but he just wouldn't, he wouldn't let him, I think it's on the close quarters video bit where 
Um, I think he's trying to get past Finley, and, and eventually Finley like wins a free kick or something. And the lads on the floor, and he just like rubs his head oh, as he walks yeah. past. I thought that's fantastic, just like getting in his head. But he's like got a smile on his face. He just seems to, he just loves it. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm a massive fan of both. And I think I think you're right, Mets. That the two of them together is just uh, just vital to how we play. So brilliant. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Right, so let's move on to this weekend's game. Uh, Rovers playing Sunday at the Mem in the FA Cup second round against Boreham Wood. Um, yeah, obviously a really good chance to get through to the third round. Mets, how seriously do you reckon we should take this one? Would you go full strength? Would you play a few of the fringe lads? What would you do with this one, do you think? So considering we've gone pretty strong tonight against Colchester, yeah. there's a few like Finley starting, for example... So I, I fully expect us to go full strength. and Also, even, I suppose we do have a full week pretty much of rest after that game. Between then and Bolton on the Friday night, it's quite a long recovery time. There's no midweek game, so I guess you can kind of go for it a bit more, maybe. Yeah, plus, you know, you're in the second round against yeah. a, a non-league team at home. You think that third round you could get... It's a lot riding on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's, I can't wait to get Peterborough at home in the third round. <laughs> again, no, it's going to be amazing. No, away, it'll be, it'll it'll be, be away. away yeah, yeah. Away to a, you know, a better team than us. So Peterborough's <laughs> a, a great example. It will be. It will be. <laughs> uh, yeah, what about you, Willett? How would yeah. you go for this one? Go, go for it, do you reckon? Yeah, I think go for it. I mean, I'd like to see McCormick get another chance. And I'd, he's a player that's you know concerning me a little bit. He's going to give him tonight. time. Going to give him time, just like I said <laughs> earlier. But um, he does. He appears to just not be quite in the same groove as the rest. But he's not quite got going. Yeah, he hasn't has quite he? got going. Yeah. But again, an opportunity maybe for him. He's playing tonight, I think. But an opportunity for him to get in and maybe maybe stake a claim. Um, but yeah, we should definitely go full strength. There's so much riding on a third round tie and we could get get anyone and you know if we get a smaller club we might go through to the fourth round so there's there's just a massive you know that that is classic thinking thinking too far ahead but yeah. you know what i mean there's just a lot we, sh- we shouldn't be going into this one thinking we're already through and i don't think we will i think we'll we'll hopefully get the job done yeah the days of going out in the second round to like an or a first round to like crawley when they were like well below us were like just shit non-league team DC loved like, losing to a non-league side absolutely he loved it didn't he just loved it yeah lived for it <laughs> yeah um, so let's do score predictions then on this one so will it uh, are the gas gonna chop down the wood <sighs> nice um, I, I'll go I'll go 3-0 three 3-0 nil. Three nil Rovers 3-0 I was gonna go 3-0 as well, well yeah, yeah. yeah very confident uh, I'll go 2-1 gas I think I think Boreham would are bringing quite a lot of fans it's their big day out and I think they'll get a goal but yeah I think we'll see them off 2-1 I'll go for last one to finish off on then is a uh, is on the uh, the rebranding process so we've had a question in from Paul Tanner big sigh from Willett there question in from Paul Tanner who says thoughts on the rebranding process outcome so Willett I will come to you on on general yeah. thoughts on the process and how it's ended and and all that sort of stuff right okay well I mean initially when they talked about rebranding process I thought I'm open to the, I'm open to change I, I you know I, I do love the current badge um, I do think it's it's unique it kind of says everything it needs to say about the club um, whilst it also not being perfect I know some people have never quite got on board of it but generally speaking i i quite i really like the badge um but then and so the initial kind of survey was like you know just kind of getting your initial thoughts and then they sent a follow-up survey and it was 
oh, here, uh, which one of these three fonts do you like? And then which one of these images do you like? Which were all just like three random fonts, three random images that they thought would be appropriate. And you're thinking, okay, well, I'll click here and I'll just submit. Here's my thoughts. By the way, don't do this. Submit. <laughs> and then finally they come through with this. Um, here's our concept design. What do you think? Because 67% of you said you like this font and 52% of you said you like this image. And they come up with that absolute, I mean, it, it absolutely annoyed me so much. I think you're a fan, aren't you, Ollie? I think Can I say a, that I quite liked it? I, I knew you did. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I almost left right. our WhatsApp group. I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't be dealing with this. Michael um, Ollie has left the group. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you say it doesn't, you know, I don't get riled up easy, but uh, that, that was... Uh, I want to say you're more annoyed about this than you're about Rooney. My face has gone bright red. It's oh, steam. I'll tell you what. Now, I... Um, but like, so I appreciate that they've gone through our process. They've now gone, all right, we need to take a step back here. We've, and they, they haven't said they've binned it completely. I think they've just said we'll shelve it, we'll put it on hold, we'll look. At least they've got some kind of research to say that process didn't work, we got that wrong. Um, but it was kind of annoying that even at the end, the, 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 the announcement where they say we're binning it or we're holding it, we're, help, you know, we're putting it on hold, it's only then that they really kind of explain why they want to go through this process in the first place. It was, it, it was only in that email or that announcement that was, actually, I can sort of see why now they want to change it. And I, I just don't think, I, I would almost say going forward, don't ask the fans what we think. We haven't got a clue. We cannot get a consensus on what we think is right here. And for me, I wouldn't go skull, uh, skull and Crossbones, but I know a lot of people like it. We're just never going to agree. It's gonna, you're going to annoy half the fan base regardless of what you do. So, um, yeah, that's my take on it. I just w- wasn't happy about it. And But but let's see what they come up with. I, I think their option now is to maybe look at re, like modernizing the current badge. Maybe take the current badge and change it slightly so that it looks a bit cleaner. It looks a bit censored, as they, as they, as they like, but... We'll see. I completely agree with you. Like, if you're going to try and get the fans to agree, you just you're never going to do yeah, it. Yes. So just go out to an agency or whatever. Get like I don't know a few together, and then like give that as an option to the fans and say like this is the kind of ballpark we're thinking. Like, yeah. what do you reckon? Or just go full uh, dictatorship and yeah. just be like, this is the one we're doing. You don't have a choice. Well, I think Villa were going through the same process at the same time, and they went to an agency, got two designs made up. And went right A or B, choose, and that'll be the badge. And they chose, and it's quite a nice badge, I think. Yeah, and yeah, it was just uh, a bit of a mess from start to finish on it, yeah. really. And I mean, I guess you got to give them some credit that they've they've obviously looked at it and gone, it's too divisive. I mean, if they'd have picked the badge and it was like ninety five percent of you say they love it, then fair enough. But if it's it, clearly it wasn't that, yeah. um, probably more the reverse. But yeah, so I, I think in the end they've come to the right conclusion, which is basically we're not going to bin it. We're just going to. Take a step back and get some get some more advice. Not from you though, the fans. <laughs> <laughs> from anyone other than our yeah. own family. Yeah, but I think that's uh, it's a good point. You have to give them credit where it's due that they've not just you know steamrolled through them and like, well, you know, you can't agree, so we're just going to do this. It's like no, we've really poked the bear on this one, so we're just going to put that on hold, let everyone calm down a bit, and we'll just stick with what we got. Yeah, I mean, credit for that, I think. All right, so, better end it here, give Willett a chance to go and cool down after that. 
little heated outburst. Another prank. You might go and glass someone after this. Yeah, never know. Think he will. Lovely stuff. All right, guys. So thank you very much for listening. Thanks for the questions as well. And we will be back in a couple of weeks' time after we've played Bolton. And um, yeah, we'll speak to you all then. Until then, take care and up the gas. Up the gas. Up the gas. Up the gas.